0: Welcome to Functional Design and Closure. I am Nate Jones. And I'm Christoph Newman. We're here to help you use closure and functional programming to make your everyday life as a developer less frustrating and more fulfilling. We're here to
1: tackle your big closure questions, take them on, discuss them, figure them out together. So what's on your mind? We'd love to hear from you.
0: Yeah, definitely. If you would like to reach out to us, the, uh, there's three different ways. The first is tweet at us on Twitter at closuredesign. Email us at feedback at closuredesign.club or our favorite, which is the closuredesign podcast channel on the in Slack. Pop on in and ask a question.
1: Yeah, definitely. We'd love to hear from you. So this week, we are talking about something. The name should already be an, uh, a a bad omen. <laughs> <laughs> it's, its name should be a warning, but yet we all run to it um, unabashedly, headfirst.
0: <laughs> yes, of
1: course. So, what are we talking about? We are talking about the web. <laughs>
0: oh, the web! That what we the have web. all grown to love. Uh, much, much like the was it Stockholm syndrome? That where you, you learn to <laughs> right. love your captor. Yes.
1: Oh, the wicked web we weave. <laughs> when we first program in HTTP, <laughs> <laughs> doesn't quite rhyme, but still feels true. Yeah. So, so we have gotten requests. I would say since the uh-huh. beginning of our our podcast about about web, like like how do you make a web application? Making a web application,
0: uh, do, doing yeah. doing web stuff in closure, right? Yeah, people say they don't get it. They keep posting questions to us. They want to know what options they have. They want to get ahead, you know?
1: Oh, just get get all those puns out right now, Nate.
0: <laughs> oh, it won't be the last time. <laughs> They're reusable. I can reconnect.
1: <laughs> just reconnect. You <laughs> just need to upgrade upgrade your session. Okay, so so the web. So one of the interesting things... About closure is closure isn't hasn't made its big splash in the world because it has this really um, widely accepted web framework that everyone's gravitating toward, <laughs> right? It's oh, like yeah. to some extent you have your PHPs. PHP is all about oh I'm making a web application and, and I want to use templates and Apache and you know kind of that stack. Or you have Rails, you know, and 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 the Rails way. And, and those kind of frameworks and, and like Clojure didn't make its way into the world because it had this big compelling web framework that people wanted to use. But Clojure is very capable at web, but it doesn't come with that same cohesive, uh, just out of the box experience that maybe uh, you might be expecting. Coming into
0: the land of closure and web, <laughs> yeah, at least any of the ones that any uh, any other language, every other language has kind of the way of doing web, and then you know a couple of associated ways. Uh, but closure, you know, definitely has like a bunch of different ways that you can get to the web uh, if you want to expose your application to that that mess. Right,
1: I'm thinking about like Go. Go has HTTP built in to kind of basically what's distributed with it. Python has http built into what's distributed with it. And that yes, there's twisted and stuff like that in Python, right. which are alternate ways. But yeah, like aside from the stuff built into Java, closure does not ship with an http kit built in. <laughs> <laughs> it's I'm almost like it, it. it needs another http kit <laughs> that you can you can use in addition to uh that like cuz otherwise i mean java has support for http built into it it's not great it doesn't really have an http server built in but you can make http requests but it doesn't really have an
0: http server built into it right and so you know we as developers we want to use the web and it's it's kind of interesting just to think about the web and why it's so ubiquitous you know why 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 it has risen to the the, the, the the position of being basically the way that all applications are delivered right now. You know, even, you know, you're in your web browser, everything you do there is a course in the web. And then even all like you could consider all your mobile apps on your, on your phone to be web apps. They're just fancy browsers for web requests, you know, web is yeah. there maybe web, you know, HTTP is the, is the transport that is, you know, ubiquitous. And so, Right. If you want people to talk to you, you have to use it. And thankfully it's not that bad of a protocol. Like is that complicated?
1: Right. So in this episode we may use HTTP and web interchangeably. When we say web, we mean HTTP in the context of closure server code. We're not talking about the front end right now. We're not talking about the closure script, web app, AJAXy, you know, Rusty or whatever, you know, the um Reacty
0: <laughs> Reacty. <laughs>
1: that stuff. We're we're talking right now on the back end. And and let's get in the backend sorted out. And so closure does have some some unifying things, right? There's this thing called ring which is a which is a, a spec that a lot of things follow. And we'll get into that. We're not going to talk about that just yet. But what makes what makes the question of web on closure so interesting is just how broad the Java ecosystem already is when it comes to http stuff and 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 web servers and services and handling right there's there's right. a lot and there's a lot of layers there there's so much in java not just because uh the java folks are obsessed with inventing a new thing every few months maybe like the javascript community but <laughs> there's so things in java because there really are a lot of layers and depending on how you want to optimize uh they're there's different libraries for you. There's libraries that, that kind of do all, everything all in, in one and maybe you don't care about performance. There's libraries that hyper-optimize just one aspect of the layer because that's like really critical. And so to, to dive into this question of how do I make a web server in Clojure we want to start by talking about. Well, let, let's talk about the layers first. The layers, the layers, the layers.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's easy it's easy to to kind of get caught up in in thinking that it is all about just making requests and handling response. You know, make handling requests and making responses. But but that, that 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 is several levels up, several layers up from what actually is important when you are writing a web server or usually we don't usually regular folk like us we don't actually write the web servers we use the web servers but we need to understand what's happening at that layer so because it has implications for when we're handling our requests in our application code right
1: right and one of the cool things about the java ecosystem and closure sitting on top of the java ecosystem is it lets you change out choices at these different layers but that also comes with a certain amount of pain uh, if you just don't care and you just want to write that two-line handler that fires up the HTTP server, listens for something, and <laughs> prints out a response, you know,
0: right? Yeah, we'll we'll get that, but you have to understand the little the little two-foot square at the top of the mountain is built on top of of everything underneath it.
1: Yeah, and so so what are these layers? Right? We we have a a number of layers. So let's start at the bottom. The bottom at least in the land of Java, is really the network I.O. layer, right? So either that's going to be like an input stream, output stream. That's that's the actual bytes flowing in and out of the application. Or in more modern, like the N.I.O. stuff, it's going to be a channel, right, which is going to be a hardware accelerated and memory mem- mapped and all this stuff. Accelerated I.O. Um, that that gets the actual bits in and out. Right now, what what are those bits? They're right. TCP socket code, <laughs> right? Well, What's it's in them. Well, yeah, that's a different question, right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, so it, what? Getting the bits off of the wire, so to speak, and getting them into uh, something that can be uh, interpreted. That's that's that that's what happens at that layer. But then, of course, all right. you have is is bits. You all or you have bytes. You know, you don't have any any concept of anything higher level. So you need to take that and and unpack it. You know, the 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 HTTP spec says that there's going to be a, a, a request method and path, and then headers and a body, and so you need to you need to have something that takes takes the binary stream and unpacks it into those four different things, uh, and make sure that it's correct. You know, make you know, because there's a lot of bad requests out there.
1: Right, right. And it's interesting, too, because the thing that actually speaks to protocol, it's in grave danger of getting tightly coupled to the thing that actually does IO on the wire. And so you actually have different HTTP servers in Java solely for the fact that some of them are built around the NIO abstraction versus some of them are built around the input-output stream abstraction, right? Because they got tightly coupled together. Yeah, And so sometimes that's just a difference in and of itself. The underlying I.O. got tightly coupled with a protocol implementation.
0: Yeah, and I think a lot of reasons why is because it's, you know, you're, you're, you're trying to get a performance, you're trying to squeeze as much performance as you can. And so you end up coupling these layers together so that they can perform well.
1: And so then once you've unpacked this, the, the payloads of this HTTP protocol, and you you know what the request method is, and that's get, post, put, delete those those things. And then you know what the path is, you know slash whatever slash whatever, maybe some query parameters. And then you have the headers in the body. Well, then then even those are subject to interpretation, right? There's there's special, very special headers that are super critical to being able to read in the body. Sometimes we call it the body a lot, but it's technically the content of the request as opposed to the header. <laughs> right. But reading in the body, to even know how long it is, you need the content length header so you can actually read in the body. So it's that's really critical um, early in the protocol stage. But then there's stuff like cookies, which are special headers or content type that tell you how the body's encoded. So so now, even after you have those parts, you have other layers. You you have interpreting the substance of the request itself,
0: right? Is it, the is actual it body. plain
1: text? Yeah,
0: is it yeah? Is it is it JSON? Is it transit? Is it EDN? Is it uh, an image? You know, that someone's uploading. I mean, there's all kinds of different uh, ways you can interpret that based on on the on those headers. And then right. it could be yeah. its own custom binary
1: format. You know, it could be a PNG, right? And so you 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 know the content type, aka the mime type, helps you understand how to parse the body. It could be a mime multi part encoded. <laughs> Which is, uh, I don't want to decide on one specific body. <laughs> I, I want to have send you? several different ones all bundled together.
0: <laughs> Multiple bodies that you can choose from or use all together. Right, right. So not not all requests have all these things, but they, the the protocol interpretation has to be able to either handle them or at least represent them so to the uh, the higher layers, so that uh, the higher layers can can know how to act. Right. Right, and,
1: and some of these headers have direct implications on your ability to communicate, like cross-origin resource headers and content length, and some of them uh, less so. They're just custom headers that you as a developer can throw in. And then if you're talking about HTTP, HTTP extensions, so there's, there's web sockets where you can even upgrade that to be a persistent connection, and now you can like, keep that socket open and send these frames back and forth over that connection. so now now we have an even more sophisticated layer of HTTP with more things going on right that, more that many frameworks don't even handle that, right like they just kind of stop with the normal request. Web sockets are like, okay <laughs> that's not that's not for our, our protocol library
0: yeah it's amazing how you can just at each level at each level that you go up you have to then interpret what the bot what the what the underlying layer has sent you and so what like you said web sockets now they have all these frames and different frame types binary and, and text based and you have to like you have to know at that layer how to interpret those things to, to hand them to the higher level because at the top the top layer you know well we'll get there
1: well I- I think it's, yeah, it's very funny because for all the talking we've been doing this far in the episode, we we haven't even gotten to the thing that motivated the question in the first place. Right. It's the application itself, right? Like, how, oh, I want to write a web service in Clojure. Great. People people are thinking about like, oh, I'm going to write Closure code and it's going to receive a request and give a response, right? Well, we we haven't even gotten there, right? Like, I mean, so finally we arrive. Yeah, right? we we finally arrive at that point where, okay, after we've decoded this and and we have all the parts, and all the parts are um, organized in such such a way that we can get to the headers and so on and so forth. Then we hit the application layer. Ah, right?
0: finally the fun code. And so so <laughs> then it
1: kind of at that layer we we have what I would call the middleware layer, because. Because we don't necessarily, like, we want to take redundant things like parsing. Let's say we have a bunch of requests that are all JSON, like JSON documents, right? So this, it's a JSON API. So you post a JSON document and the service does stuff and it returns a JSON document. So we want to take all that JSON encoding and decoding, setting the right content type, interpreting the content type. We, we want to yeah, do that. It, right? Yeah, across the board off a bunch of different requests, right? So middleware. Middleware helps us.
0: Right with with that, so we have this middleware layer, right, to kind of help with that, and then and then after middleware, we actually need to we we don't usually our applications don't have just one uh, one request that they handle. They want to handle <laughs> right. two or five or five thousand, and so um, most of the time you don't you you like the underlying layers don't actually help you with routing your request to to the different parts of your code. You have to do that on your on your end, right. Um, and yeah, so, there's that
1: path portion like like right. so when I specify when I change the path, like where does it go?
0: <laughs> yeah, you have to have something that, that takes that path and knows which function should be invoked for that path. Um, and that, I mean that, that, again that's that's also something that can be generated too. Um, and, and actually specif- you know you can you, you can use your middleware to affect the path and uh, affect where it ends up getting routed to. I mean there's all kinds of different layers of, of that this data flows through. Um, oh
1: yeah and i love how functional creeping for us uh functional thinking creeps in for us at, because you already said what takes that path and knows what function to invoke yes <laughs> hey, we're already we assuming done. a certain structure of a solution here <laughs> we hope you're all with us dear listener on uh, that one
0: <laughs> so after it gets then, routed yeah then what's next yeah. Well,
1: then, then yeah, then it needs to go into uh, this function that's going to do stuff. And, of course, then that function is going to pull uh, various parts of your application library in order to, uh, you know, do the business logic, right? Um, so, Nate, I know you and I have a lot of applications that actually take this and it turns into like an asynchronous message that goes off into the application via core async and then comes back. So we do a lot of async. But yeah, so you have your you have your handler and then your handler has to construct a response. Right? So so we did all of this work. It's like the layers of the layers of the layers of the layers of the, <laughs> the layers. <laughs>
0: We've climbed to the top of the mountain and now we have our, our 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 business, our response. And what are we gonna do? We're gonna ski down the other side. Yes,
1: yes. For for all the decodings <laughs> there is an encoding, <laughs> right? For all of the the middleware unpackings, there is a middleware repacking <laughs> for all the yeah. bytes that got pulled apart. There's bytes that get smushed together, right? As you make a backwards trip through all of the layers to get all the way back to the bits that go over the wire back to the client.
0: Yes, there's there's definitely a balance there. There's there's a, a symmetry between the the layers as they're hit on the way in and the layers as they're hit on the way out.
1: And so this is why there isn't a necessarily a super easy answer to, oh, I want to make a web app. I want to make a web service enclosure. You know, what's the choice, right? Because there, there are choices that help you just kind of skirt across a bunch of these layers and not have to care. But then when you go into production, you're going to find oh, I I really need to... I have a ton of concurrent connections. I I really need to be able to handle a ton of concurrent connections, but maybe I don't have a very high processing load. Maybe the business logic layer itself isn't like super, super tough, right? Right. So, so, So now... The implication is in the actual I.O. infrastructure. Am I using N.I.O.? Am I using something built on top of N.I.O. so I can handle zillions of concurrent connections that do very little (laughs) processing? Right. Right? Or maybe your application is an application that, you know, it speaks all kinds of different formats. Like, I do transit. I do JSON. I do Eden. I do all kinds of other. Like, you can send me your request to CSVs. I don't care. I want to I want to unpack all kinds of different message types and rebundle them, and I want to emit XML. So maybe maybe it's all about you know your content type, encodings, decodings, and so on and so forth, right? So then libraries that help you handle all those different uh, payload things,
0: right? So so what you're saying is the reason why it's difficult in Clojure to get started with web requests or handling web web requests is because it really depends on what you're trying to get done.
1: Yes, it and does.
0: because what you're trying to get done is one of quite literally a billion different things, you can't say which one of those is going to be the best. I think, like you said, there are ways you can get started and get going so that you can... But I think after a while, it will really depend on what your what your like how how much load you expect. Like you said, the diversity of the requests that will really impact your decisions about what you choose at each of these layers.
1: Yeah, and so in this series that we're starting, if that wasn't clear, we're starting a series. (laughs) Launch. We're gonna we we will we're gonna make some choices like there's some default choices that we have and we'll just run with those and then we'll explain why there are default choices and then we'll try to kind of reference back but our hope is to help you get up and on your feet if you haven't already with closure web or maybe you have and you want to take take a good look maybe somebody gave you a recipe you grabbed a recipe and uh, it's working for you but you want to you want to get a little bit more top to bottom understanding of what those layers are in the pieces and how they work and how to use them and things that can help you be more effective and, and have less frustration in your life as a developer, as a web service developer in Clojure.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. So we'll talk more about getting into those things next time. Uh, but we want to hear from you. Um we, we have met, gotten many requests as we've said before for uh for a series on the web and so um, if there's a particular technology you want us to talk about or highlight um, or something that you are particularly uh confused about um, please reach out and we w- we would like to hear from you
1: yeah, we would love to hear from you. And ironically, only one of these means involves the web, na- natively <laughs> at least. Oh, that's the <laughs> hilarious thing is they all involve the web. <laughs> so that uh, you can tweet at us at Closure Design using uh, Twitter's website if you would like, because yes. you know I use that quite a lot. You can also email us feedback at closure does not use HTTP unless you use a web client.
0: <laughs> we will probably use a web client to read it. Yes.
1: And you can log into Slack using web technologies <laughs> to Slack with us in the Closureian Slack at closure design dash podcast <laughs> channel.
0: <laughs> oh man. So ubiquitous. Uh, Yes, and you can, of course, find our show notes for this show and our past episodes on the web, of all places, at closuredesign.club. On the web.
1: On the web, web, web. (laughs) Okay, well, that's going to have to be it for this week. We can only uh, spin a web for so long before we get tangled within it. (laughs) So we will uh, save some more for the weeks to come. Thanks for listening.